This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I'm so excited today because we have a repeat guest. I love it when my guests come on again because it means they've got so much great content that we can't get it in an hour. But it also means that it's been a while. I haven't had this guest on since 2016, so was very happy to remedy this. And part of the reason is she has a new book out. So we'll be learning a little bit more about that. But please join me in welcoming Tara Alamany back to our program again. Welcome. Thanks, Deb. It's so great to be here. I've been having really looking forward to having a, another conversation with you. We had so much fun last time. We did. We did. And we definitely have to do this more than every three years. I mean, what the heck is that? That'd be nice. So cool, cool. Well, let me tell people just a little bit about you. So Tara Alamani defies a simple definition. She is a multi-award-winning author of seven books. She is also a speaker, business consultant, and publisher, as well as a serial entrepreneur. Although she started many businesses during her career, her favorite by far is Emerald Lake Books, which she co-owns with her best friend, Mark Gerber. Using a unique goal-oriented approach to publishing, Tara combines her business and publishing knowledge to help her authors set and attain goals for their readers, their brands, and their books. In addition to publishing, consulting, writing, and speaking, Tara serves on the boards of directors for a Christian writer's critique group, and in her spare time, when she has any, she is a winemaker, a military mom to two young adults, one of each, and is owned by a black cat. And as I was sharing, I'm owned by a gray cat. So again, <laughs> Tara, welcome. Thank you, Deb. Well, you know, I wanted to have you on to talk about your business because it really does help business people become published authors. But in particular, we want to talk about your book, which is, is new. It just came out earlier this year, mm -hmm. and it's called Publish with Purpose. A goal-oriented framework for publishing success. And I you know, read it last night. I always love to, to read the books by my authors or by my, my guests. And what I liked about it was it's not only a step by it's well, it's not a step-by-step -step how to write a book guide, because there are lots of those out there. You know, there's there's all of those various things. This is more why we should write a book. Should we even write a book? You know, and then how to go about writing it in a way that is for <clears throat> the readers as opposed to, ooh, I think I should write a book. Um, and so, you know, tell us, let's go back. Tell us a little bit more about Emerald and, and how you, you got started with it. Well, Emerald Lake Books, actually, I founded five years ago. We just celebrated our five-year anniversary earlier wow. this month. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're, we're pretty excited about cool. that. But it started because I had been a self-published author. Mm -hmm. I'd done five different books up mm -hmm. to that point. And as a self-published author, I ran into different problems with mm -hmm. each book that uh, a mentor of mine refers to it as in unconscious incompetence. Really, mm -hmm. we didn't know what we didn't know. Right. Publishing these books, I ran into problems that the publisher didn't forewarn me or the people mm -hmm. I was working with didn't forewarn me about, and I didn't know enough to discover. 
And so after a while, I really didn't have another book that I felt inspired to write at that time. But I was in a mastermind group that actually Mm -hmm. was run by our mutual friend, Jeffrey Hazlett. Mm -hmm. And a number of my friends in the mastermind group were writing books for their Mm -hmm. business. And because my early career, I was a technical writer, they asked for my help in structuring and editing Mm -hmm. the book. Mm -hmm. And I realized after doing seven or eight of those for different people that I had nothing pointing back to me as a publisher. Mm. And that's not good for business. Right, (laughs) right. I thought, you know, I had a a, uh, company that was focused on speakers Mm -hmm. that was helping with social media and website Mm -hmm. design. So I thought I would open up this little division that would be a a side hustle Mm -hmm. type thing, helping speakers uh, Mm -hmm. produce their books. Mm-hmm. And within a very, very short time, that became really the primary focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the social media training that we used to do and the website design, we only do for some of the authors that we publish and mm-hmm. not for anybody else because we have too many books that we're looking at. Right. But uh, what ended up happening was, you know, we found as we went along that initially it started out as just me and I would contract, subcontract mm-hmm. some work mm-hmm. to my best friend, Mark Gerber. Mm-hmm. And after a while, the business was growing to the extent that it really took more than just me. Mm-hmm. And so I invited him to join me as a partner. Mm-hmm. So uh, as of November 16th, he joined, uh, 2016, he joined me as a uh, partner. Mm. The challenge there was all of the processes were in my head. Right. So I had to start writing things down. Mm-hmm. And I had to start really formalizing what we were doing. And what that turned into really was a great discussion between him and I about why we did what we did, mm-hmm. when we did it, and what the outcome was supposed to be. Mm. And so we started developing this process mm-hmm. where we were working primarily with business authors. Mm-hmm. And rather than just taking their book and producing a book, we recognized the fact that they wanted that book to build a business. Right. And there were certain things that we knew that they could add to the book that would mm-hmm. help them do that. Mm-hmm. And so we started doing this coaching program alongside the production. Mm-hmm. So while mm-hmm. we had the book in-house working on it, I was working with the authors, coaching them on certain things. I'd give them homework assignments. Mm-hmm that would set them up so that we had the information we needed Mm -hmm. to help them create that business building book. And so in doing that, this whole coaching program developed and Mm -hmm. became something that was really beneficial for our authors. Mm -hmm. So that's what formed the the genesis of Publish With Purpose. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things we kept finding in, in working with authors, I tell a story in the book at the beginning about the fact that in my younger days, I was a technical writer. Mm-hmm. And so I was the liaison between software developers and end users. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes the software developers would create all this neat functionality. Right. You know, this yeah. is fun. Let's add this. This is fun. Let's <laughs> do this. Without ever thinking about, you know, what did the users really need? Right. And oftentimes a new release would come out and the mm-hmm. users would go, you know, what happened to this? You know, right. where did that button go? <laughs> yeah, I can't do what I need to anymore. Mm-hmm. And so the result was there was this disconnect mm-hmm. that, that you know, people were doing things that they thought were really great, but mm-hmm. it wasn't serving the needs of the people mm-hmm. who ultimately wanted to use it. Right. Writers do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We have a tendency to be really passionate about what our message is. Mm-hmm. And so we sit down and we write what that message is. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we shouldn't be writing what we're passionate about, right. but we need to write about it in the context of what is the, why has the reader picked mm-hmm. up the book? What are right. they looking to get out of it? Mm-hmm. And so as a result, when you can bridge that gap, you end mm-hmm. up with a much more effective book at building right. your business. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the stats that you talk about in your book is that for many people who publish a business book, they sell a whopping 250 copies. It's not you know, and, and any book. Right. And, and it's book. like, okay, well, you know, probably 
half of those are your family and friends <laughs> who buy it because they think they have to. Yes. They probably never read it, you know, or they read. But they'll the only buy the first one. They don't right. buy this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. Well, I supported you once, but yeah, I'm not going to do it again. Um, and then I'm guessing a lot of the other copies are copies that the author buys themselves to give out. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. And, and, and a big part of that is because they, they are not marketing it correctly which is, is a big portion, but then it is because they didn't write it with the reader in mind, you know? And, and so of course the, the big thing of word of mouth isn't happening. You know, mm -hmm. they're not getting the tons of reviews. They're not getting people saying, Oh my gosh, you need to read this book because people read the first chapter and they went, okay. Um, you know, I've got, you know, bless my guests. I have a lot of authors where, yeah, you know, they, I can tell that it was really something so important to them. Like you said, it's their passion, yeah. but they didn't write it in a way that I can either use it or understand it. Um, you know, there's maybe too much technical jargon in there or, um, you know, missing pieces, right? Because when we're thinking of something in our brain, we might skip five of the steps to get yes. there. So, you know, that's, that's what I love about your book is it's walking people through that. Or, or the story is so personal. Mm -hmm. I, I actually had this issue and, and the advice given to me early mm -hmm. on. Uh, one of my books is called The Best is Yet to Come. Mm -hmm. And when I first wrote it, the book itself talks about the lessons I learned in overcoming the death of my fiance, mm -hmm. uh, who passed away in 2011. Mm -hmm. I first started writing it in 2012 on the anniversary of having first met Frank mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I didn't want to forget mm -hmm. what had happened. Right? right. So I started chronicling our journey together. Mm -hmm. And over time, I started writing it f with somebody specific in mind. I wanted mm -hmm. to share it with my best friend so he mm -hmm. understood what I'd been through. Mm -hmm. And I started taking it into my writer's critique group, and everyone was like, this story is so great. Mm -hmm. You know, really should publish it, really should make a book out of it. But my, one of my friends was a, um, already was a published author, had a number mm -hmm. of books out. And she took me aside privately, and she said, your writing is fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, once people start reading it, they want to read it, but mm -hmm. you're only going to be able to market this book who already know and care about you mm -hmm. because nobody else is going to care about this right. story. There wasn't that hook in right. there. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it really, that was, that was hard to hear at the time, but the best advice that I was given, right. because then, then it allowed me to kind of look at the book and mm -hmm. what I was writing and figure out, all right, right now, this book is all about me. How mm -hmm. do I make it about the reader? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we do that sometimes when we're writing a sales training book right. or a coaching book or self-help mm -hmm. book or whatever. We infuse it with our stories, which is mm -hmm. great, but we have to remember to turn around and make it about the reader. Mm -hmm. In that particular book, I, I couldn't really change the story, the narrative mm -hmm. well enough to do that. Mm -hmm. So what I ended up doing was inserting throughout various places in, in the book, uh, at turning points, these pages called Digging Deeper. And each one was just a page where the reader, I asked mm -hmm. the reader to reflect on a similar experience that they had had, right. the one that mm -hmm. I just, just shared, mm -hmm. or you know, to, to think about how they mm -hmm. might feel in a certain circumstance. So in that way, it allowed somebody who was also going through a grieving mm -hmm. process to follow the same progression mm -hmm. that I did, um, making it therefore about them, mm -hmm. not just about me. Right. And so that's one of those things we have to do with our books, mm -hmm. especially if we want to build a business or brand or mm -hmm. get people talking about them. Right. Uh, is is you know really make sure that it's about the reader and what they're mm -hmm. looking for, and making sure that it makes a difference in their lives. Whether mm -hmm. it's just a momentary retreat of you know I need some fluff so that I can mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, 
relax and, and go do what I do best later on, mm-hmm. or that it, it, it helps me solve a problem, mm-hmm. whatever that might be. Right. You know, and, and of course, one of the first things that we have to <clears throat> really sit down and figure out <clears throat> is, should we be writing the book? You know, because everybody always says, ooh, you should write a book. You know, and, 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 and a lot of that is usually if you have personal experiences, like, like you have, have said, you know, I've, I've had people who have known my journey through my, my cancer diagnosis and, and, and it has been a long and winding and, you know, one of those journeys that was, you know, certainly not easy. Um, and people are always saying, when are you going to write your book? I have no desire to write it. I mean, you know, and, and, and part of that is because I think about it and it's like, why would I write it? You know, what would somebody get out of it? And, you know, and, and I can't, you know, be, is it inspirational? Yeah. But again, you know, if you have, um, and, but at the same, you know, and, and I think we all think that, you know, okay, if we, you know, we, we have the subject matter, mm-hmm. but what is somebody going to get out of it? You know, and, and you mentioned that, you know, we have to think about the reader. So, you know, just because we think we should write a book or just because we're told we should write a book, then we need to step back and think, okay, really, what is the benefit? Um, you know, you, you mentioned that you work with speakers. And one of the things that you know, we hear time and time again as a speaker is you have to have a book. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for many, that really is great. For many, that's the only way they get paid. You know, they're, they're speaking in front of groups and things where there's, there's not a speaker's fee. So right. they're there to sell the book. Um, but, and, and you're hoping, okay, well, I just talked about subject A. Here is my book on subject A. You should buy it. But it doesn't always tie together. I mean, you know, and, and so right. the, it really, the, that hard conversation is, should I really be writing that book? Mm-hmm. It's definitely there. And, and, and for many speakers in particular, mm-hmm. um, especially those that are just starting out, I recommend a book more from the standpoint of it helps them clarify their message. Right. A lot of people mm-hmm. that are you know, beginning speakers, they get up on stage and they're all over the place with mm-hmm. what they have to share. Mm-hmm. And it's whatever happens to come into their, right. their head at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so from, from one speaking engagement to the next one, there's, there's no consistency, mm-hmm. there's no conformity. Right. And so it's hard for attendees to really mm-hmm. know what it is that the speaker is, is trying mm-hmm. to do as a business. Mm-hmm. And so writing a book really helps you uh, create a structure for mm-hmm. it. And even if you don't publish that book, um, having that structure is, mm-hmm. is really important when you're going to become a speaker. Right. So if you do decide, okay, this is a good idea, mm-hmm. how is it good for your business or your brand to have that book? So you brought up the, the fact and figure that we've got there about the um, most first-time authors only sell about 200, 250 mm-hmm. copies of their books. So the, the number one metric that most people think of when they think about writing a book is they mm-hmm. think about book sales. Right. And the money isn't in the book sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, really what you want to be doing is figuring out how are you going to use your book to build your business or brand. Okay. And there are, there are dozens of different ways of doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, from my standpoint, the two most f- effective ones are making sure that you're building your, your mailing list and mm-hmm. making sure that you're getting visibility for it, the brand visibility. Mm-hmm. So with your mailing list, you can do things like having bonus mach- materials mm-hmm. that are related to the book. Um, maybe there's a video that you recorded that's related to the book that then mm-hmm. you can send people to. Uh, but in order to access that, you request mm-hmm. their email address. Right. Uh, in one of our books, we have a bunch of templates and worksheets that go mm-hmm. along with the exercises that we recommend people do. And so you give your 
email address, we send you an entire workbook that mm -hmm. includes all of those, those templates and worksheets. Mm -hmm. uh, so it builds our mailing list. And the importance of that then is that it allows us to start building a long-term relationship with them. Right. Because the thing about writing a book is if I meet you today, you're not necessarily going to have a book ready for me to publish. Right. It may be six months. It mm -hmm. may be a year. It may be five years from mm -hmm. now. So maintaining that relationship and, and remaining relevant to them mm -hmm. so that when they are ready for you, they're, they're willing to, to work with you is important. Right. Um, but there are other things like, uh, you know, speaking engagements, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, we don't recommend that our authors focus so much on becoming a best-selling author because that's lost a lot of credence. Right. There's, there's ways you can trick Amazon, let's be honest. <laughs> yes, Amazon is very easy to trick mm -hmm. unless you make the mistake of releasing, releasing your book on happiness on the same day that the Dalai Lama did, which, which we did with one book. Oh, There was no way. Mm -hmm. We got to two. We stayed at two. We couldn't get any further. <laughs> I was like, you know, there's just, there's no way. But uh -huh. um, there are so many ways to game Amazon, though, mm -hmm. that it's like, most people, when they claim they're a best-selling author, they're claiming that they're an Amazon best-selling author. Right. And they got all their friends to buy the book at midnight when yeah. nobody else was there. You know, that's, that's kind of how you do that. Because yep. for that hour, yep. you were the best-selling author. Yes. And you go as the, as, as the deepest, the lowest subcategory mm -hmm. as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Right. No competition is this mm -hmm. possible. Yeah. Um, so it's one thing to say that you're a New York Times or a Wall Street Journal mm -hmm. or US Today, USA Today bestselling mm -hmm. author because those are based on book sales, right. from multiple source points mm -hmm. across an entire week. Mm -hmm. uh, but but that that classification of mm -hmm. being a bestselling author really mm -hmm. doesn't get us anywhere anymore. So we focus on um, our authors becoming award-winning authors. You'll mm -hmm. actually see we uh, on my book, I've got my my gold medal. Um, for one of the winners, uh, mm -hmm. one of the competitions that uh, that book was in. And when you can say you're an award-winning author, especially if the award competitions you're focusing on are juried mm -hmm. awards, mm -hmm. those are awards that are judged by librarians, bookstore retailers, ah. mm -hmm. uh, professionals that mm -hmm. can judge the quality of the book. Mm -hmm. And so when you're, when you're saying you're an award-winning author, that's a totally different thing. Mm -hmm. And as you're looking for, say, speaking engagements, at this point, practically everybody has a book, so just mm -hmm. having a book isn't right. Book. Not going to cut it. Mm -hmm. Being able to say that you're an award-winning author, mm -hmm. well, now that suddenly sets you mm -hmm. apart as a speaker. People look at that and they're like, "Oh, I, you mm -hmm. know, they must know what they're talking about. Right. They must have something interesting to mm -hmm. say." And so they're much more likely to, to say yes to you than uh, than otherwise. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, one of the things that you mentioned in your book is when we're writing it, we can't really be selling. <laughs> right. I mean, and, and obviously there are ways to do it overtly, mm -hmm. but that kind of comes back to that mailing list thing too, because, or, or, you know, even if you're not putting them on the mailing list, even if you're just sending them to your website mm -hmm. to get more content, to get updated yep. content, you know, whatever it is, that's then where you can sell, you mm -hmm. know, and, and so you, you know, I mean, you, you can do it to some degree in your book, but it can't be in your face. Right. Um, you know, and, and so, but when you send them to the website, then of course it's perfectly acceptable because that's what websites are for, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so then it's perfectly acceptable to, to have the, you know, here's what I do buy this, you know, whatever it is. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, using my book as an example, one of the ways that we sold within the, the book, but we're very uh, subtle about it mm -hmm. was the fact that we talk about a couple of different exercises that mm -hmm. we do with our authors. Mm -hmm. 
And in the book, we outlined exactly how to do the exercise. Mm-hmm. And once you've done the exercise, what to do with it. Right. And then at the end said, but if you'd like our support in doing that, mm-hmm. here's how you can right. hire us to do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was a sentence compared to the mm-hmm. pieces of content that I'd given them beforehand. Mm-hmm. And so it was something that, you know, it's funny, I have had one review who did comment on the fact that uh, the book felt like an overt sales uh, sales uh-huh. uh, 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 presentation for, uh-huh. for Emerald Lake Books. Uh-huh. Uh, but for the most part, people really, they honor and accept the fact that we're right. just teaching. <coughs> and, and that's our main point. Uh, for us, you know, when we write, we make sure that the reader is the real focus. Mm-hmm. And so what is the reader trying to get out of this? That really helps us figure out what's in scope and what's out of scope right. when we write. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that reader is, is really important to us. As a mm-hmm. matter of fact, there's an exercise that we do called the Dear Reader Exercise. Yes, we must talk about Dear Reader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the Dear Reader Exercise is one where we have the author write a letter to the reader. Mm-hmm. And there's certain questions that they, they should answer in that mm-hmm. letter, but it's not a questionnaire. Right. You want to make sure that in writing that letter to the reader that you're acknowledging who the reader is and mm-hmm. what they're looking for, mm-hmm. what they're trying to solve. Then you can talk about you know, why you're the one to help them do that, mm-hmm. what this book contains that mm-hmm. is separate or different from right. other books they can look at. And finally, what your promise is mm-hmm. to the reader if they invest their time and money in mm-hmm. reading your book. And when, you, when we have the author write that dear reader letter, it's actually a very emo- emotional experience. Mm-hmm. Because it helps us get back in touch with why it is that we right. do what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, who are we trying to help? Mm-hmm. And it creates that greater connection. When that letter's done, we give it to our editors as they're looking at the manuscript. Mm. So that the did editor, they meet that their goals? Right, exactly. Did did they actually you know come through on mm-hmm. what they've promised in the end? Mm-hmm. And if they haven't, it's a great opportunity to be able to flesh out the book more, mm-hmm. make sure that the reader really is going to get what they want out of it. Right. You know, and and this is not short. I mean, you know, you, you say that it should be, you know, two to three pages Yeah. because there are things in it that you really have to consider. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not just, you know, why should, you know, you should buy the book because I'm going to teach you how to do this. Right. And, you know, it's, it's much more in depth, um, you know, and, and so that's why that's there. And, and it's slightly different version if it's a, a fiction book, you know, because mm-hmm. you do work with fiction authors. Yes. And and I think, you know, we talk about soft selling. One of the things about your book is people don't have to work with you at all. I mean, no. it, the, the book is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and so, you know, it's, it's great if they do work with you, but, you know, there's, you know, it's, it's not that it's part one and part two and you have to do part two. Right. So, you know, for, for people, <laughs> yeah, you know, they, they can get the book and, you know, and, and go from there. But, you know, when you review it, you know, that's, as you said, you know, you, you take that dear reader letter and use it as part of that review process. And, and then what I really liked about it, and, you know, obviously you did this on purpose, but the, the way you did it was there were parts of dear reader that then fit right into your book, yes. whether it's the intro, whether it's what's on the back cover, you know, all those various things. And, and I rec- I'm like, wait, I've read that before. Where did I read that? Um, <laughs> you know, and, and that really is part of the goal with the dear reader is to have that because that has helped you focus your thoughts. Mm-hmm. I, I think you find those gems that really are the connection mm-hmm. points between you as the author and the reader as the buyer. Mm-hmm. And when you put that in your marketing material or you put that in your introduction, mm-hmm suddenly it's very easy for the reader to self-select mm-hmm. in terms right. of, is this for me? Do I feel this connection? Mm-hmm. Is this what I want? 
And if it is, and it's authentic and genuine, mm-hmm. they're already predisposed to like your book from the mm-hmm. very start and right. to want to learn from you. Mm-hmm. And so the book itself is really just solidifying that relationship mm-hmm. because you've taken the, the, the gem of what you had to share mm-hmm. and put it fr- you know, r- front and center. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and another really important part of the dear reader is figuring out who your reader is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I love that you point out the fact that sometimes the reader is different than who buys it. And that's really going to be probably with fiction in most cases. Um, because you might be writing, for example, children's books. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, little Tommy Toddler doesn't go buy the book himself. Grammy buys it for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but that, that's then going to play into the marketing. You know, mm-hmm. how are you packaging it? You know, all of those various things. But it's, it, you know, I'm, I'm going to say that it's not just for fiction, though. Okay, because mm-hmm. because we've run into it recently where, um, not recently, but we ran into it unexpectedly, mm-hmm. the book that we wrote that thought we thought was purely for entrepreneurs and business professionals. Mm-hmm. It's called The Future of Omnichannel Retail. Mm-hmm. And it talks about how uh, e-commerce is changing in the age of Amazon mm-hmm. and what businesses can do to stay relevant mm-hmm. and competitive. And so this author presents this two-access framework that he mm-hmm. creates that talks about what consumer expectations are mm-hmm. for the various types of goods for sale mm-hmm. and how we as businesses can meet them in those places with mm-hmm. those expectations, right? right? So we thought, great, you know, entrepreneurs, business people. What mm-hmm. we didn't realize was that universities were going to jump on this. Ah, And so we have a lot of universities and mm-hmm. university libraries, uh, universities that are actually using in their marketing programs mm-hmm. now. And so that becomes another buyer that you have mm-hmm. to think about. Who's the right. head of the marketing department or whatever mm-hmm. department is going mm-hmm. to be uh, related to, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're writing a business book, anything right. that, that promotes business, mm-hmm. will it fit in a university mm-hmm. setting? And if so, how are you going to market to that right. buyer? Because mm-hmm. that's different than your right. reader buyer. Mm-hmm. And it might mean that you need a different version of the book. A different version sometimes, more often it's, it's different marketing. You want right. to have you know, marketing campaigns that mm-hmm. are specific to each of your potential buyers so mm-hmm. that you're using the language that resonates with them. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and I, I love when you talk in your book about the fact that you might need to get down to a really small group of readers. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned, you know, Instagram for photographers. Yes. Okay, that's really pretty small, you know, or, um, you know, really getting down. And, and uh, of course, as a business owner, you know, and, and let's be honest, this is a product. It's a product mm-hmm. just like any other product mm-hmm. that we've got. And we're thinking, oh, but we want everybody to buy it. And we, you know, no, you know, it's never, we never, ever should do that. And I've talked about that a lot on this program that, you know, if you ask someone who is your target audience and they say, everyone Mm-hmm. No, yes. you know, every single success out there has a very specific target market. You know, Starbucks knows who they're selling to. Walmart knows who they're selling to. You know, all the, the big, the little companies, they know exactly who they're selling to. Now, they might have a secondary market, mm-hmm. but they get that down. And, and so knowing who your reader is really is, is very important because sometimes, especially in the business world, we get too broad. Because mm-hmm. we're thinking it's a business book. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, figure out more the specifics. Like you mentioned, you know, is this, you know, for marketing people? Okay, then it's going to be written different than if it's for the sales department. Right. But it also makes it really easy for the buyer to figure out. You know, mm-hmm. if I wrote a book about, you know, how to take care of dogs, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But a book about how to take care of beagles, mm-hmm. you know, which one are you more likely right. to purchase? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
the content's going to be slightly different, or probably seventy mm-hmm. percent of mm-hmm. it's going to be the same as everything mm-hmm. you know. Every right. other book about you know how to take care of dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I give the example in 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 Publish with Purpose about how Elrod's uh, Miracle Morning, mm-hmm. and how you know he started out first with that, and that is the bestseller of mm-hmm. his his suite of books there. Mm-hmm. But he has more specific ones as well because there's the Miracle Morning for entrepreneurs. There's mm-hmm. the Miracle Morning for millionaires. You know, right. all these different subsets. Mm-hmm that just allow you to extend the same message mm-hmm. into other target audiences, right. speak specifically to them, mm-hmm. so that they're going to value what you have to say mm-hmm. because it is directed specifically to them. Right. right. You know, one of the biggest examples of that is probably the Chicken Soup series. Sure. I didn't sure. even know how many they do anymore um, because you know they, they did start out somewhat broad, but now they've gotten down. And, and it's funny, I always want to like, compare some of them. <laughs> and okay, are, and and in many cases, I'm guessing it is the same content. Um, you know, it's it's not totally brand new just for that. You know, chicken soup for the teenage girl is probably got a lot of stuff in there for the first time mom on you know and and things like that. But um, but yeah, so it's it, it just like with any other product, we have to figure out who is our reader, right? And so when you niche that small. Mm-hmm. It then actually allows you to, once you've kind of secured yourself, mm-hmm. established yourself in mm-hmm. that niche, you can always broaden out into right. neighboring niches. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the examples we give is, is an author that uh, we published a book called Stress-Free Chicken Tractor Plans. Mm-hmm. And so- That's uh, a pretty so small niche. That's a very small niche, <laughs> right? And um, most people, either they know what chicken tractors are, mm-hmm. if they're going to be interested in this book, or they're curious as to what a right. chicken tractor is. Mm-hmm. So they pick it up and they take a look mm-hmm. and they put it back down. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, a chicken tractor is a mobile chicken coop. Oh. And so this stress-free chicken tractor plans mm-hmm. is for people who want to raise pastured poultry in either their backyard or mm-hmm. in a small uh, small business setting, right? Mm-hmm. And so... In establishing this particular niche, first the first thing that it did was it put this author on Amazon on the same level as his idols, the industry experts, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so suddenly, you know, he's sandwiched between two uh, well-known individuals mm-hmm. in, this, in this industry, right. and it elevates his expertise, mm-hmm. because suddenly he's on a par with them. Right. But establishing himself and securing that niche didn't mean that he stayed right there. Right. What he did is he thought about what additional content mm-hmm. will people who are raising chickens in their backyard need. Mm-hmm. And so he has supplementary materials mm-hmm. that go with it. So you can get his eight-week video course on mm-hmm. raising baby chicks, you know, and how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a checklist on diseases to be aware of or, mm-hmm. or signs to mm-hmm. look for. Uh, he's got, you know, what, it, what to do with your backyard mm-hmm. uh, broiler operation mm-hmm. as opposed to an egg layer operation. So there are all these ancillary <coughs> materials that he's mm-hmm. built out based on this one particular topic of, right. all right, you know you want chickens and you need something to house them in. Here's mm-hmm. the book. Right. And from here, now he can do mm-hmm. everything related to raising those chickens in the backyard. Right. And so we can do the same thing in mm-hmm. our businesses. You know, start first you, you know, with what is the common denominator mm-hmm. among all of the different people that you do want to reach mm-hmm. and establish that, that groundwork through a book. Right. But then when you're doing your marketing, be very specific in talking to a specific demographic mm-hmm. that you want to have a conversation with mm-hmm. about the book. And when you're, you're established there, then you can move into another mm-hmm. demographic that can use that book as well. Right. 
You know, and, and one of the other things that, that I thought of when you were talking about this was by having those ancillary products, whether it's, you know, a, a second book or as you said, you know, videos, checklists, whatever. So you're sending them again to your website. I think one of the things that, that many authors think is I have to put everything in the book. I have to get it all in there. This allows you to have your framework and then build out from there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sure, you might need another book or you might need an updated version or things like that, but it, it gives you the starting point. And, and I love that because I think that's probably why so many authors just don't even start because they think, I can't put it all in there or it will change. I mean, you know, I'm in the social media world. And so one of the things is like, well, why would I even write a book by the time it's published? X platform has changed. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you know, maybe you do it more general. And then on my website, I have the LinkedIn version, I have the Facebook version, I have the whatever version, you know, that having these secondary products really is where you can do that. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing too is, is, you know, in figuring out that scope, when you know who your reader is, mm-hmm. and you know what they're trying to accomplish, then what you want to think about, and, and you do this the same in, in framing a presentation to a new mm-hmm. client, as well as in, you know, putting together a speak speaking talk mm-hmm. uh, is think about where they're currently at, where they want to be, and what are the three to five steps they need to take to get from where right. they are to where they want to be. Mm-hmm. And make the book just about that. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not the only journey or the only mm-hmm. transformation that that reader is going to want to go mm-hmm. through, but that's the one that the book is about. Mm-hmm. And so in building that connection and helping them with that particular problem, they're more likely to want to work with you again right. on tackling the next mm-hmm. problem that's in that same mm-hmm. arena. So, you know, it, it, don't put everything in there. Mm-hmm. Don't make it, you know, take everything you absolutely know. I was watching a video of somebody recently who was working with an author coach and, and the new client came up to her and said, I've written a book. It's a thousand pages and I don't know what to do with it. Edit. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you basically took everything you knew and you had no idea what belonged in there. So you wrote it all down and that's, right. that's, that's great. But mm-hmm. now to make it useful, mm-hmm. you have to figure out, you know, who is it for and what are they trying to accomplish? Right. And it's the same thing we do every day in our business. That's mm-hmm. one of the things, one of the reasons why I like having a book for business is because it actually allows you to attract warm leads. Mm-hmm. You know, when right. somebody's read your book and they've mm-hmm. gotten to the end of it, they know who you are and mm-hmm. what you do. They should have a sense of your personality, your, mm-hmm. your sense of humor, things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and, and, you know, there's some books that I'm not a fan of cussing. You would, you would never find me cussing in mm-hmm. business. And, you know, there's cusses all throughout. And it's like, all right, so I already know self-selecting that this particular person isn't That's for me. just the way they are, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not um, I'm not judging them or anything mm-hmm. else. It's just right. not a good fit. Mm-hmm. And so by the time that you get to at the end of reading mm-hmm. a book that talks about your process, who mm-hmm. you are, what you do, how you help people, mm-hmm. they have a sense of that. Right. And they know whether they want to work with you or mm-hmm. not. So the next step is, is much easier than mm-hmm. dealing right. with trying to attract new people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, you know, and, and I love that it, as a business book, especially, you should be guiding them to that next step. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like with your book, they, they don't have to take it. But if they choose to, there are, are ways that, that they can work with you. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and we'll talk about those at, at the end of the program. But, you know, that's where, you know, as a, as a consultant, you know, I would write a book that then would say, you know, okay, 
then, you know, if you, if you want me to, to work with you on your LinkedIn profile, here's, you know, here's what to do. You want to do it yourself? That's great. Here's this. But if you don't want to do it yourself, here's this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sometimes, you know, when, like I said, I read a lot of books. I, you know, probably half the people I interview for this program are authors. That's why they want to be on the program. They want to pitch their book. That's perfectly fine. But many times I get to the end and there is no, now what? Or what is the next step? They mm-hmm. did the brain dump. They went, I told them all about this. And then they didn't. And I mean, it's, you know, it's basic marketing. We need a call to action. Yes. And you need one call to action. Right. I, I think the mistake a lot of authors make is suddenly they end up, you know, well, leave, leave a review and join my mailing list and, and you know, follow me here on Facebook and on Twitter and on LinkedIn and all these different places. And I think those authors are thinking they're providing choices or options, right. mm-hmm. but what they're doing is overwhelming. And mm-hmm. when there's too many choices. Right. And I'll pick one. Do nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Either none or one. Um, yep. You know, and if I'm picking one, I'm going. That's the easiest one. I'll mm-hmm. follow them on Facebook. <laughs> yep. yep. You know, and, so. and again, you can you can have all that, but in one place. So you've directed them to your website, mm-hmm. where then they can click here. They can do this. They can do that. Yeah. Well, you know, we we talked about dear reader. Then there's also dear author. So tell us about the dear author letter. So the Dear Author letter is is kind of fun. It's when the book is pretty much all the way through editing, it's the next exercise that we take our authors through. Mm-hmm. And it's another letter, but this one's different uh, because what this one is, is you're going to imagine yourself 18 months in the future. Mm-hmm. You've done all the hard work of promoting and launching your book. It's received critical acclaim. You've gotten your awards that you're getting. All these neat things have happened. Mm-hmm. And you look back on it and realize how hard that all was. You know, most authors don't really, you know, they think the writing's the easy, you know, mm-hmm. the hard part. It's actually the easy part. It's the right. marketing that's, that's hard mm-hmm. <laughs> because it can be very discouraging, mm-hmm. especially when you're just getting started mm-hmm. if you don't see immediate results. And so this letter is you 18 months in the future, writing a letter to yourself now, mm-hmm. sharing all of the neat things that have been accomplished because of your book. Mm-hmm. And so I refer to it as a verbal vision board. Okay. You know, a lot of people, uh, I, I've never been one to do vision boards because mm-hmm. I'm not a visual person in right. that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the idea of writing a letter to myself really mm-hmm. resonated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you write this letter, mm-hmm. but that's not the end of it. Because mm-hmm. once you've written that letter, what you do is you go through and you highlight all of the outcomes mm-hmm. of all of the things that you've said have happened in that time. Mm-hmm. And you make a list of those. And you look through them and you figure out which are the three that are the most important to you right Mm -hmm. now, which would have the biggest impact on your life, whether it's your business, your home, your family. Mm -hmm. And those become the three that you're actually going to now sit down Mm -hmm. and map out a plan how to get from where you are Mm -hmm. to where you want to go. And sometimes it's not, you know, guaranteed you're going to get there. But with a plan uh, that there's a Norman Vincent Peale uh, saying about, you know, shoot for the moon and you may land among the stars. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's one of those things that with that goal in mind and that plan in place, now it gives you a framework of looking at every opportunity that comes your way over the next year as you're promoting your book and when it first comes out uh, and deciding what will get you closer to the goal Mm -hmm. and what's which opportunities are really distractions. Right. And so it allows you to remain more focused and mm-hmm. being more focused gets you closer to whatever that goal was. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So it's a really powerful exercise because the first, the dear reader is really helping to make sure that the book delivers on a promise. Mm -hmm. The dear author helps you figure out how are you going to market it in a way that's mm -hmm. going to achieve what you want for the goals for yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and they need to be realistic goals. Um, you know, now they can be kind of the, what are the, the BHAGs, the big, hairy, audacious goal, but it, you know, it's not going to be, I'm going to sell 11 gazillion copies of my book in six months. Not going to happen. I mean, even the Dalai Lama didn't do that. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it, it needs to be realistic things, but I'm also thinking it also kind of does need to be a stretch. You know, you shouldn't put in there. I'll sell 250 copies of my book because everybody sells 250 copies of my book. Mm -hmm. You know, no, maybe it's 300 <laughs> or maybe it's 2,500. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, it's, so it's, it's realistic goals that, that, you know, are, are something that, that you can do. Yes. I mean, they can be a stretch. You know? Yeah, definitely a stretch. Actually, one of my favorite ones that, that we laugh about mm -hmm. and joke about is one of our authors wrote that her book sold a million copies in mm -hmm. the first six months. Right. She was a first-time author. Mm -hmm. And as much as I, I would not discourage her from writing that. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, because that's part of the freedom to dream mm -hmm. and, and choose what you want. Mm -hmm. We all knew that that wasn't realistic. Right. Mm -hmm. But that didn't mean that we couldn't plan for trying to yes. make this happen. Mm -hmm. Once again, shoot for the moon, land mm -hmm. among the stars. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, in figuring out, all right, what would be needed mm -hmm. in order to sell right. copies mm -hmm. and pretend that, all right, mm -hmm. maybe we can, mm -hmm. what do we need to do to do that? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that was really important in that exercise with her was the fact that she realized that she couldn't make the impact and reach as many people as she wanted to if she was the only one pr promoting the concepts. She just didn't have enough reach. Right. And so what she needed to do, because this was a self-help book that was around facilitating certain mm -hmm. uh, coaching programs, is she realized that she personally didn't want to do all of the introductory mm -hmm. level programs, that she really liked the more advanced one-on-one -on -one VIP mm -hmm. training. Mm -hmm. And so in order to get that message out as broadly as she wanted for the book, she was going to have to train facilitators mm -hmm. who could use this program uh -huh. themselves okay. to, be able to make that reach. Mm -hmm. So in doing this dear author exercise, it actually helped her figure out not just a marketing plan, mm -hmm. but actually a business plan. Right. Because that business plan wasn't really on her radar mm -hmm. yet. She mm -hmm. knew she was heading somewhere in that vague direction, mm -hmm. but she didn't know what exactly it looked like. Mm -hmm. And so by going through this exercise, it really helped her map out, right, if I want this goal and if I've decided that this really is, is my goal, mm -hmm. and yes, I probably won't make it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot for it and get right. as close as I can. What do I need to do to mm -hmm. do that? And by exploring that with me, we were able to really mm -hmm. outline what, what we had. A, I think there were 12 steps that she needed to mm -hmm. do in terms of she needed to teach a couple of workshops on her own so mm -hmm. that she got the material down so that she could then record it so that she could then train facilitators, you know, all these different things that she needed to do. But that allowed her then to back out and leverage other people mm -hmm. to be able to right. sell those books. Mm -hmm. Well, and it might be in making contact with those people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, say you've written a book um, that is is talking about, you know, cooking for a family, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so that maybe some of the most important people you need to, to get in contact with are the mommy bloggers, right? You yep. know, and who have the millions of followers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and so as you said, that's part of that marketing, part of that business plan. You know, how do, how do we get in front of those people? You know, mm -hmm. it used to be, how do we get on Oprah's show? 
yes. um, when she had her book of the month. Well, you know, she doesn't do that anymore. But I remember I had an author one time. I was working with her. She had written this delightful book and, and she wanted to, you know, that was her goal. And, and it was funny because it was there. There was nothing here. You know, it was just, I want to be on Oprah. It wasn't, let's get on local media. It was, <laughs> it was Oprah. And she self-published. So one of the questions that I had for her was, okay, what if we get you on Oprah and 50,000 people order your book in a 24-hour period? Yep. Can you fulfill that? Nope. <laughs> and so, you know, it wasn't that we were discouraging her. Mm -hmm. It was, again, you know, she had to think it through. And so maybe it's, okay, well, maybe I'm not going to self-publish. Maybe it is that I'm going to go through Amazon that, you know, that publishes on demand or, or whatever, you know. And, and so it really was just a fine-tuning. You know, we weren't mm -hmm. destroying her dream. It was just like, right. yeah, let's come at it a little bit more rationally. Yep. The logistics have to be put mm -hmm. in place. Right. Right. Because otherwise it's just, it's just a dream. Mm -hmm. A dream without a plan isn't right. a goal. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and for many people, the dream is that they have the, the, um, the book. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's, okay, well, what are we going to do to get you from, you've got all this stuff up in here, to having a book? Yep, yep. So I'm going to actually, I'm going to segue off of that because okay. one of the people, sometimes we hear from people who say, you know, I'm dyslexic or I don't enjoy right. writing or- yeah, I'm not a good writer. I'm not a good writer. Mm -hmm. um, but they want to have a book mm -hmm. and, and they're struggling with, right. you know, they see the value of having mm -hmm. it for their business, but they mm -hmm. haven't quite figured out how to do it. Mm -hmm. One of the stories that I like sharing about uh, Publish With Purpose is um, the fact that it was 77 days from the day I started writing to the day I had the book in hand. And wow. that was with a forward, that was with industry endorsers, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was all, all done very quickly. Mm -hmm. But a large amount of it was done because, A, I know my material, mm -hmm. which most people who are writing th for their business do know their material, right. so that, that's on the same pla playing, mm -hmm. playing field. The other, though, was that large portions of it I dictated. Mm. So I, I just used uh, on our, if you have a smartphone, you can mm -hmm. use the dictation app that's mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. uh, I used Dragon Naturally Speaking on my mm -hmm. computer. And by dictating large portions of it, it actually made it sound more conversational right. because I I spoke it as mm -hmm. if I was talking to somebody mm -hmm. about it. And so I would create a framework in terms of what my outline was mm -hmm. and then get to a certain section and know that, all right, that section, I've got three main points I want to hit. Mm -hmm. And so then I would just turn on the, the dictation device and start talking about those mm -hmm. three main points. Mm -hmm. And by the time I was done, uh, you know, I had more of my book written. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, right. So, you know, this was something that was done very rapidly. And then, of course, you sent it off to an editor. An editor is going to take care of uh, polishing it up and, mm -hmm. and things like that. But the main thing is, is, you know, don't let something like uh, a learning disability uh, slow you down mm -hmm. from wanting to write a book if you really see value mm -hmm. in building your business with one. Right. Because there are ways to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, whether you work with a, an author coach, whether you narrate it, you mm -hmm. can ghostwrite it. So there's, there's lots of ways to do mm -hmm. it. You know, and, and I think that's a very important point to, to hit because that is, you know, one of the things that, that I hear the most when I talk with somebody is they say, I'm not a good writer. You know, I'm, you know, all these various things. Now, granted, your computer can fix some of it, like your spelling errors and, and mm -hmm. some of those. But, you know, and, and, but I think more importantly, people need to realize it probably does take a team. You yes. know, I had somebody one time who asked me to review their book. And I got through maybe 10 pages and then just couldn't read it anymore because he had not used an editor. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and he did not write well. <laughs> and so, you know, not only were there, and, and I mean, this was, sadly, this was a published book. This was not a manuscript that I was reading. This was the published book. And I know, and, and with spelling errors, with grammatical errors. Now, it was, it was a fiction book, but that, you know, that really didn't make any difference. But, yeah. you know, we need editors, you know, wh- we can't edit our own work because we know what it's supposed to say. Mm-hmm. And so we miss those things. So we need an editor and we need an editor who's a good editor, not just, hey, will you read this book for me? Or my we need somebody who knows teacher. what they're doing. You know, <laughs> you know and, and, and we need marketing people. I mean, even mm-hmm. if we're a marketing person, we probably need to have somebody else help us do it. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, whether you work, you know, you figure this out on your own or you work with somebody like Emerald Lake, I think that is the, the key that people need to remember is, you know, it's probably going to take a team of at least a handful, if not more. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we'll talk about sometimes is, you know, publishing is publishing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what business model you follow right. in terms of getting from manuscript to mm-hmm. a book, but there are certain standards related mm-hmm. to publishing. Right. And those publishing, you know, those standards involve mm-hmm. good cover design, mm-hmm. good interior layout, good mm-hmm. font choices, editing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these things should be professionally done. Right. And, you know, in the business model sense of, you know, how do you get published? You've got mm-hmm. those who want to pursue traditional publishing contracts. And there are pros and cons to that. Mm-hmm. You've got people who self-publish, and there are pros and cons to that. Mm-hmm. And then this middle ground is is where Emerald Lake Books is, where something called a hybrid publisher. Mm-hmm. And a hybrid publisher, to me, is what I wish that I had back when I self-published. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because when you self-publish, you don't know what you don't know. Right. You're responsible mm-hmm. for coordinating the team or doing it all yourself mm-hmm. and knowing standards that you may not have been exposed to mm-hmm. previously or may not right. have even thought about. We refer to the fact that most books that are well-designed use something called invisible design. And what that means is invisible design are the things that when, when done well, you don't notice. Mm-hmm. And when they're not done well, they stand out like a sore right. thumb. Mm-hmm. Editing is part of that. Mm-hmm. A well-edited book, you don't you don't sit there and go, oh wow, this book is really right. edited. Well, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's but all- you when when it's not edited, you're like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. yeah, and and so these are things that you know if you're going to self-publish, you mm-hmm. need to understand what exactly those standards mm-hmm. are so that you meet publishing industry right. standards. Mm-hmm. You use somebody like Emerald Lake Books, where we're a hybrid publisher. Yes, mm-hmm. we're paid for our services, and there are folks out there who will say if you have to pay a publisher uh, run because it's all a scam. I instead use the analogy of being a solopreneur. When mm-hmm. we first start business, you know, we're chief cook and bottle washer, mm-hmm, we're client right. fulfillment, we're sales and marketing and bookkeeping and everything else. And if you're going to grow and if you're going to become a viable company, mm-hmm. something that lasts long term, you need people who specialize mm-hmm. in the things that right. aren't you're your going to have a CPA, you're going to have a business attorney, all yes. of those various things. Exactly. And so the hybrid publisher is mm-hmm. the one that allows a self-publisher to do everything that needs to be mm-hmm. done in a professional manner without having to learn all of it themselves. Right. And so it's a commodity. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a service provider mm-hmm. and, and you know, something that should be looked at as such. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there are vanity publishers out there who fall under that same hybrid mm-hmm. publishing category. So make sure that you, you know, research any mm-hmm. publisher you're going to use. Right. But there's, there's a place for each of these business models mm-hmm. based on the author's specific needs. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and, and to some degree, Amazon really has made it pretty simple. Um, but it, it's, it, it is almost too simple. You know, mm-hmm. and, and if, if you are no doing this, as, oh yeah, you know, if, if you're doing this for business, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, again, it is a product that you're selling. Do you want, you know, it, it, would you have your widget go out there with errors, you know, with the you know, things that are going to fall apart or not work? Yep. Some people would, you know, they don't care. They just want to sell as many widgets as possible. But most people want to have a good product out there. And so that's where it's so important that, that your book, your product is very, very professional, um, you know, and, and, and the vast majority of people, let's be honest, they can't do it. You know, they, they don't have that skill or, you know, simple things like they don't know how to use software to lay the book out. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I get books where I'm like, oh, okay, this isn't, you know, this, they, I'll get, there'll be really strange page sizes. I'm like, yep. oh, this is strange, you know, or they'll, or they'll do it as an eight and a half by 11. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's yep. fine. But if I'm not reading it on something where I can see an eight and a half by 11 and it won't resize, then, you know, and so, yeah, it's, 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 as you said, it's all the invisible things that we as the reader, as an author typically don't even know exist. Mm -hmm. And, and a lot of the authors that we work with, you know, one of the reasons they're hiring us is because their focus is on whatever it is that their business delivers and sells. Mm -hmm. And it's not that they're not capable mm-hmm. of learning all these things they mm-hmm. need to do or building their own team and, right. uh, to do it. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that if they spend the time doing that, they're not mm-hmm. doing what they're most mm-hmm. suited to do. Right. And so it, it really uh, is, is not good for anybody because mm-hmm. their clients are missing out on, on right. what they could be providing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so having somebody like us to help is, mm-hmm. is, for some individuals, the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and as you said, we could probably learn it, but why? Right. Um, you know, I, I, one of the, the best guests that I had on one time is a tax attorney. Mm-hmm. You know, we probably all need it. We could probably figure it out if we spend enough time on Google, but why do that? And why spend that time when we can hire somebody else to do it? You know, and, and it is difficult, especially when you're a brand new business owner, you're trying to pinch pennies, you're having to pinch pennies, but you know, it, Probably you're also not writing a book right when you start out, um, you know, and, and so it's to me, it's just another investment in your business. Definitely. And, and the way we set things up is, is we really, we talked earlier about the book sales not mm-hmm. being the key metric. Right. The, what really should be the key metric is, you know, looking at what your reader mm-hmm. wants to get out of it and what mm-hmm. you as an author hope to get out of right. it. What do you need to have to use mm-hmm. the book to build your business? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be able to establish your expertise with it? Are you mm-hmm. going to be able to increase your consulting fees because mm-hmm. that expertise is, right. is established? Are you going to be able to increase your speaking fees? You know, mm-hmm. all these different things that, that can go into it. Mm-hmm. And you have to realize that the book is, is you know, in some ways, um, some people refer to it as the glorified business card. Mm-hmm. Uh, it certainly does a lot more than a glorified mm-hmm. business card because it, it tells people a lot more about mm-hmm. you, but it works for you 24-7 right. mm-hmm. and it works for you all the way around mm-hmm. the world. Right. And, and, me, and again, you know, if you know who you're selling to, maybe if you only sell a hundred copies, mm-hmm. but you sold those hundred copies to the right hundred people, we're going to turn perfect. around and pay you 10,000 mm-hmm. for a project or something. Right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. suddenly that book has been a great investment. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so right. definitely. Well, oh my gosh, we have just a couple minutes left. And so I'm sure people are going, okay, <laughs> I know I should write a book. I just don't know what to do. And, and so tell us what Emerald Lake can do for our budding authors out there. 
So we've really built ourselves up as, as kind of a one-stop shop. Okay. One of the things that we wanted to make sure is if you were going to use us as your project team for putting together a book, mm-hmm. that we could do everything that you needed. Mm-hmm. So we have ghostwriters, we have author coaches, we have editors, cover designers, everything mm-hmm. to take you through publication. And then after publication, we also have publicists that we work mm-hmm. with as well. Uh, so we're able to do we're able to meet any author wherever mm-hmm. they're at in their process and take them through publication and, and launch and release of their book. Mm-hmm. In addition, they also get that coaching, the handholding that we do. Mm-hmm. What's in our book, Publish with Purpose, is only a small piece of right. the exercises that we do with our authors, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, uh, they're the ones that really shift the needle for, for mm-hmm. most authors when they're writing. Right. So is it a package that people buy or can they do a la carte or? No, actually what we do is um, we don't do package deals because what we found out was that we either had to price the packages so high that. Right. The people went, nah. Yeah. People weren't paying for what they Mm -hmm. were really getting Mm -hmm. or we were losing money by, you know, putting something mid-level and some people were paying more and and we were losing out on other ends. So what we do is we have an application that people fill out. And mm-hmm. when they fill out the application, it's going to tell us you know, where they are in the writing journey, what they're trying to accomplish, what formats they're hoping the book might be mm-hmm. in. We can do you know, ebook, paperback, hardcover, mm-hmm. audiobook, uh, large print. We do all of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know, fill out the application. If you have a manuscript, we ask to see the manuscript as well because mm-hmm. then we assess the manuscript alongside with your application right. to figure out where you're at and mm-hmm. what you're going to need to get through mm-hmm. publication. And then we do a proposal that is just based on what your specific needs are. So mm-hmm. you're not paying for more or less than you mm-hmm. want or need. And we go from there. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that. You know, and, and you mentioned, you know, for some of your authors, you do a website and, you know, all sorts of things. And, and yeah, so you can review it and go, okay, well, this person already has a really good website. We'll just give them the content for it or, yep. you know, whatever it is. Yeah, so we provide a lot of the uh, the image that you know the image mm-hmm. assets, so your three D covers, all those mm-hmm. different things. Um, as part of our what we provide our authors, we also give them book trailers mm-hmm. so that they have a video, a one minute video of their book uh, that they can put on their website. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of neat things. I love it, you know, and and it is one of those things as as we said at the very start of the program. I think so many people think I could, I should write a book, mm-hmm. and that's as far as they ever get with it because they're thinking oh my God, I don't even know what the next step is. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's, it's nice to talk to someone like you because you can say, okay, here is the next step and then here's that and here's that and here's that. Yep, we guide you through the entire process wherever you're at right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that every once in a while you tell somebody, you know, you really don't need a book. <laughs> or this particular book isn't going to accomplish what you want. Right, right. Uh, you, you know, know you don't have the right, often. yeah. Your dear reader got very confused, um, you know, and, and or maybe it is that it's a different version. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you mentioned all the different formats. I mean, for some people, an ebook really is what they need. You know, they don't need a published, printed, pretty book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nobody's going to buy it except their mom. Um, you know, and 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 their market is used to reading online. You know, that's the other thing is you know, you know, if you're going to do a published book, are people going to buy a printed book or do they want it as just an e-version? And, and a lot of times what we find is, is you know, if you're doing just an e-book uh, or if you're doing a print book and an e-book, um, having more formats provides mm-hmm. more discoverability. Right. Uh, we, we consider it somewhat of a no-brainer to do a large print if you're doing a print version, mm-hmm. simply because there are so few books available in mm-hmm. large print. And it's not just you know, visually impaired people that are buying right. large print, it's um, 
people who are learning English as a second language. Some of us who have baby you know, boomers. trifocals that get confused. Yeah. <laughs> it's baby boomers who just want mm-hmm. it to be easier to read, right. uh, but still like the print version mm-hmm. and don't want to do it on a, right. on a Kindle. Reader. And that's just not making it bigger, folks. It's not the way that works. <laughs> nope. There's a lot that goes into large print as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... You know, essentially what we're looking at is, is really just how do you create the book that is right mm-hmm. for the reader that you want to reach, mm-hmm. um, and how many formats do we want to make right. it in to make it as discoverable as, mm-hmm. process, as possible. Right. Well, how do they discover you? How do they find you and connect with you? Well, they can connect with me by emailing me at Tara, T-A-R-A, at emeraldlakebooks.com, mm-hmm. or they can visit the website at emeraldlakebooks.com. And there is in the menu bar an apply button if you want to learn more about what it would look like to work with us mm-hmm. and how to find the application. Perfect. I love it. Well, do you have any final thoughts for the people who are, are enjoying our program today? You know, I, I just if you think that a book is something that you want to write, I, I highly recommend uh, sitting down and starting, mm-hmm. finding a local critique group who can kind of give you some feedback and criticism on what you're writing mm-hmm. uh, so that it can kind of give you a sense of, what does good writing look like and mm-hmm. how can I write the best that I possibly can? And, uh, you know, really spend some time honing your craft because mm-hmm. this book that you're going to write is going to be something that is part of your business and it reflects right. who you are. Mm-hmm. And so you want to make sure that it's in keeping with the, the, the brand that you mm-hmm. want to create. Right. And again, it can be fiction books too. You know, mm-hmm. my mom has, has written my dad's story yep. and, you know, and, and, and now, you know, she ended up just kind of doing it herself and, and things like that. But yeah, I mean, it, 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 there are so many things that we want to get out there mm-hmm. that there are ways that, that we can do this. Definitely. Perfect. We work with fiction authors as well. We work with fiction authors, uh, honestly, most of the time it's because they want to become professional authors. Mm -hmm. And so their business is being an author. Right. It's not about finding coaching Mm -hmm. clients. It's about finding readers Mm -hmm. and building that. But they're Mm -hmm. still building a mailing list. They're still figuring out what they're, Mm -hmm. you know, how they're getting people to connect Mm -hmm. with them and what Mm -hmm. they're looking for. Right. Right. Yeah. Because they're not all going to be James Patterson. No. No, they're not. Well, Tara, this has been absolutely wonderful. And like I said, we, we have to do this more than every three years. Um, and, and so until next time, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having a delightful discussion with Tara Alamani. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.